Hello friends and welcome to your single edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast in the summer. We're giving you one a week. I am Mark Heath, joined by my two best friends, Stuart Watson and Roscoe. Stuart, we'll come to you in a minute. Actually, let's, let's start with you, Stuart. How are you? Because there's something we need to talk about with Roscoe, but let's get you involved first. Stuart, how are you? How's things? Are you enjoying the summer, the sun? Enjoying it all. When you said the three best friends, that made me think of the the scene from The Hangover. You know, <laughs> we're the three best friends that anyone could have. That's us. Just What's driving driving through the desert. I'd like to go to Vegas with you. I'd uh, put money on Rossi being the one who wakes up with a face tattoo. 100%. Speaking of which, Rossi, we need to kick off. I mean, last night we were out for the Last Supper with Hutchie. Um, he's kind of delayed leaving meal. Um, so we went to the Maharani in Ipswich. Um, yeah, and it was good. It's good to see everyone. We had a good time. Uh, you had a better time than, than all of us, I reckon, put together. Because you, my friend, were on it. You were on it like a car bonnet, sipping gin and tonic. You were... In the same time it took Stu to drink two Cobras, two pints of Cobra, you demolished four. <laughs> and we're kind of tapping your fingers on the desk, waiting for, for Stewie to finish that, that second one, wondering if you get another one in. And then we we departed about, I think it was about just gone 10, 10 p.m. And you were kind of wobbling off down Norwich Road, informing <laughs> us that you're going for another one, another pint somewhere. And you duly did put a picture of a, a San Miguel on Instagram. So how are you today, Ross? How's the head? Uh, and, and what, what did you get up to after you after you left us? Because we learned a lot about you last night. You were in you were in sharing mode. <laughs> yeah, I'm a very honest man when I drink a bit. Um, I'm fine yeah. this morning, to be fair. Weirdly and stupidly, I woke up so early. I, I was like, "What? What am I doing?" I woke up at half six. I was like, "When I couldn't get back to sleep." So where did you go afterwards? Then? Where did you find yourself afterwards? Well, I was going to meet up with a mate, but I missed my bus. Standard, standard yeah. Ross. Um, so I couldn't meet up with him in the end. So I just went. How did you get I, home? I, just, oh, I got the but no, I had to I had to wait an hour for the next bus. Uh, okay, right. Um, so I just basically went to the plow, um, in Ipswich. Um, just by myself. Just yeah, just, just drinking on a yeah. summer's summer's evening. Why not? Pretty but you're much. fine today. That makes me yeah. sick because if I had five pints or six pints or however many you had, I'd be in bits for a week. Yeah, behind all this, I'm suffering. I'm, like when we <laughs> stop recording and when I come off this, I'll be like. Oh, thank God. Thank God that's gone. <laughs> that's done now. That's out of the way for the day. Are but, you sweating uh, under there? Is that why you've got the tracksuit on? You've got the booze just seeping yeah, out of every pore yeah, in the heat. Just, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But yeah, I'm I'm still young to an extent. So uh, I'm sure in a few <laughs> years time, I will struggle. Although I will admit I was struggling in Manchester when we did the awards night. I know Stu, we, we went out. And well, that's out. because you went out till 4am in the morning. Yeah. But Dancing at least Stu, Stu could eat and I couldn't eat. I just couldn't face it. And to be honest, I had breakfast this morning. I think that's another thing, actually. I, I can't face eating at the moment. He famously, of course, left your door open all night. I mean, literally <laughs> open in Manchester. <laughs> for anyone just to wander yeah. in if they fancied it. Uh, Stuart, it's a good yeah. night, though, wasn't it? Good to see Hutchie. It was. It was good to see. It was good to see Hutchie. Um, I, was, uh, I was playing golf yesterday, so I didn't see his... Um, his interview with Connor Chaplin yeah. came up on on Twitter, but I had a little look at that this morning, and I I was amused by all the comments underneath. The KOA army never let us down. I I wonder if if you were new to Ipswich Town, it's lucky it wasn't a new signing because all the comments underneath was I recognise that voice. That's Hutchie. <laughs> what on earth is going on? Who's this Hutchie character? Oh dear, it was that, was, that made me a bit sad. 
when that dropped and uh, I, I heard Hutchie's voice behind the camera for the first time. Maybe even sadder when I had to sit and transcribe all the quotes as well. That may be pretty sad. But Hutchie, I know you're still listening. Lay up questions, mate. Come on. Let's start getting some, some hard questions He's in there, players. Come on. <laughs> That's another thing you told us last night. I'm listening to the pod since. Not on it, not interested. Right then, friends. Let's get into a midweek summer pod then. We're going to talk, first of all, obviously about the news from this week, which is good news. New deals for two key players. Uh, Connor Chaplin, new three-year deal, and then followed by Massimo Longwe, a new one-year deal yesterday. Do you want to kick us off with this, Stewie? Good news, clearly. Um, are you are you more excited, enthused, engorged by one or the other? <laughs> uh, Connor Chaplin's obviously great news, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he was heading into to his final year of his contract. I, I wrote in that piece about players that should be getting new deals this summer that I'd be staggered if, if it wasn't a three-year deal in the offing for Connor. And and that's proved to be the case. It's not it's the whole package with him, isn't it? It's what he does on the pitch as, as well as what he's doing off it in terms of the community work and really buying into the club, the community, everything. So, yeah, great. That's great news. Not not surprising, um, given what they'd done with Wes Burns and Luke Wolfenden quite early in the summer last year. Luongo on a one-year deal was quite interesting, the fact it was only one and, and not longer. Um, I guess maybe it'd be interesting to see whether that, that's club or player kind of leading that, whether it's Massimo sort of wanting to sort of not tie himself in into something too long or, or the club maybe being a little wary of, of some of his injury problems of the past as well. Probably a combination of both, but um, yeah, to get to get both players sorted relatively early in the summer is, is great news. Yeah. My thought straight away when I saw the one year for Luongo was it has to be because it's reflective of his, his injury history. Um, and also, obviously, Rossi, he's, he's approaching, I think he's actually at your cutoff point. So the club have paid heed to that and said, sorry, mate, only one more year. You'll, you'll be over 30 this time next year. You're out the door. Um, what did you make of it, Rossi? Are you, is either of those two you think is more important than the other? It's, oh, it's unbelievable news, really. Um I think they're both have got their own story, haven't they? You know, Connor Chaplin, goal scorer, you know, good character, you know, with the foundation he does, you know, just a top bloke all around. Um, Massimo just came in and transformed that midfield. It was, of course, very good anyway with Sam Morsey and Cameron Humphreys and Domble and Lee Evans and, and such. But he completely transformed that midfield when he came in and... Um, yeah, I think a one-year deal is, I think, I will bring out the age. It's not because of my thing. I think it's going to be 31 in September. And I think you don't want to, yeah, because if he does get that injury, there's there's not really a, an asset there, if you know, with Luongo. Mm. I don't like in terms of, you know, once again, players, um, sales and stuff, you know, if, if you had, uh, sign a three-year deal like Connor Chaplin did, you know, and, he, you know, he does well. Will a club want to spend millions and millions on a 31, 32 year old at that stage? Um, so maybe that's now thinking of the one year deal, but now I'm really pleased. I think we're all really, you know, we're pleased when the retain list came out and Massimo Longo was there in talks of the contracts, and it was just wait the waiting game, really. So great news all around. Um, bring on more, more contracts, please, because there's a few other players who are, you know, got one year left, Sam Wolsey, of course. Um, so yeah. Bring it on. Who else was on your list, you? Obviously, the club are ticking them off one by one. Who, who else was on your list? <clears throat> Morsi would be the next big priority for me. Yeah. And I know Ross kind of half-jokingly talks about the, the age thing, but 
I just think in this day and age with sports science and just in general, you look at elite athletes making still performing at the very top with Ibrahimovic, Ronaldo, other sports as well, Federer. Tom Brady. Um, exactly. So, you know, Tom Brady stuff's involved with Ipswich. So, mm. and Sam Morsi is the epitome of a, you know, top, top pro who looks after himself right. Um, mm. So I wouldn't be thinking twice about the length of a contract for someone like Sam Morsi, who's 31. I think he's potentially his best years are still ahead of him. Um, so he'd, he'd be one. He was in the same boat as Connor, Connor heading into the last year of his contract. Um, not clear whether there's a 12-month extension clause on, on top of that. Um, who else did I have on there? I think Leif Davis. You know, he's only yep. one year into his, uh, I think it was a three-year deal that he signed last year. But he's one that if he continues to kick on in, in the way that I think he can and has a, has a really good season in the championship, you don't want to risk suddenly go leaving yourself exposed. Say Ipswich finished for argument's sake in mid-table and Leif Davis was a, a standout player, then he's going into the last year of his contract and you could leave yourself in a bit of a, a vulnerable situation there. So it might be prudent for them to to start thinking ahead a little bit with, with Leif. Um, I can't remember who else I put on there, to be honest. I think I put Idris El Mizuni on that list as well, actually, who is might surprise you, but he's someone that if you are going to loan him out again, that sort of um, mentally softens the blow for him because it's mm. we, we're sending you out again, but we do think a lot of you and we do think you still potentially have a, have a future there. Um, but yeah, Chaplin and Morsi were the, were the two big ones for me. Mm. Well, things that I mean, things that you feel like things are starting to roll again now after that that dead quiet period in football. We get some new contract news. Obviously, uh, next week we get the fixtures. The kit's got to be soon, hasn't it? Because they can't play the first friendly of the season without releasing the kit. Players are back week on Monday, the twenty sixth. So things are starting to roll again. So let's hope for a bit more news out the club as well, contract wise. Maybe in the next few days. Um, it is, of course, Stu as well today. The transfer window has swung wide open. Uh, before it slammed shut, September the first, um, and we had a we had a decent a decent little update on a on a midfielder that Town have been in for many times, from our old friend Barry Fry, Jack Taylor. Um, he's saying that that Town tried to sign him three times and he expects him or are in for them again this summer. Yes, I think this might be Mr. Fry and Peterborough just trying to. Uh to whip up a bit of interest. Um, it's I haven't listened to all of the Darren McAntony podcasts since they missed out on, on promotion, but the bullet points of it seem to be that there's going to be a big shake-up there. There's going to be a lot of players sold that they're going to rebuild and and do what Peterborough always do pretty well and, and try and find some, some younger um, hidden gems to develop and sell on at a profit further down the line. So they kind of do their own thing in terms of publicly transfer listing players when they go into the final year of, of their contract. So yeah, I, I think this is them maybe trying to whip that up. I wouldn't necessarily say that this is Ipswich still wouldn't take it as red that this is Ipswich still kind of actively showing their interest now. They might be, but yeah. 
just because they were interested in January doesn't mean that they're uh, they're interested again now. Obviously, they went and signed Massimo Luongo after after those Taylor bids were were knocked back. Um, Massimo, as we've just discussed, is staying. They're well stocked in central midfield. I still think there might be another central mid midfielder added to the mix, um, but I don't know if it will necessarily be Jack Taylor. I'm not saying it definitely won't be, but. Um, yeah, I would. I wouldn't take it completely as red that just because Barry Fry said that that Ipswich is still like pushing pushing hard for Jack Taylor. Scandalous, Rossi. If it is Jack Taylor, let's for argument's sake say it is Jack Taylor. Are you happy with that? Would you like that? What do you reckon he'd bring to the the team? Yeah, he's you know maybe he hasn't really stood out when he's played against us because you know last year we we beat Peterborough twice. Um, but he's a player who's played championships football. He's a good age. Um, he's got a good background, of course, because he was at Chelsea, got released, went to Barnet, and had to go up the, the you know the non-league route, and he's he's done really well there. Um, so yeah, I like him. You know, can score a few goals as well. So yeah, if it comes off, then perfect. Because once again, it's got that asset there that Mike Ashton likes. I'm sure he's he's got you know that's why they've McCann likes him as well. But he's 24, young, hungry. I'm sure. So yeah, if it happens, it happens. Ticking all the bits on the data dashboard. McKenna did have, um, it was noticeable that Kieran went and had a little word with him on the pitch after the last time they, they played Peterborough. You can sometimes see that with managers go and have a little wry smile and a little word in the ear as if to say, yeah, maybe we'll talk again in, in the summer sort of thing. But um, we've talked about midfield a, a lot, haven't we, on mm. this podcast? That yeah. what, is it eight, eight of them in there with the players coming back from loans and They've got to sort of unpick a little bit of, of that if they are to add to it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see how this this whole midfield thing unravels, develops. Excellent segue, Stu, because the next thing I want to do is throw some names around. We know people at this time of year want names. Who are we going to sign? Give me some names. Now, obviously, we can't say directly that these are players that, that are even on town's radar, but you've, you've done a little bit today looking at potential targets. Your own data dashboard, I guess. Midfielders that would fit the bill for town. Do you want to do you want to throw some names out there and we can have a little chat around them just to, to yeah. get people excited? A poor man's data dashboard. I'm not exactly, gonna yeah. I'm not gonna say there's uh, any kind of great bit of software built behind it. It's <laughs> literally just you, you know you, you, you can just go through squad lists and work out right. Okay, you go through the retain lists. Twelve month option taken. How many games did that player play? They played 46 games and were named player of the year, but the club's only taken a 12-month extension option. That means that says to me that said player mm. didn't want to negotiate new deals, so they've just taken their option to protect the asset, and now they're pretty exposed to losing that player. The scenarios that we just outlined with Wipes, which need to maybe look at someone like Leif Davis, for example. So you, you start to pick out some names like that, and then you can then go, well, does he, do they need a player in that position? No, let's rule him out. Does he fit the kind of style of McKenna football? No, we can scratch him off. And you whittle that list down and uh, you end up you end up with a few potential names. Um, it's, yeah, a very rudimentary way of doing it, but it's probably not a million miles away from what, what people within football clubs do. Give us some names then, Stu. You've shown you working. Now let's hear the names. Um. Don't have to give all of them, obviously. Who do you want? Um, Jason Knight would be very interesting. Yeah. Um, at Derby, I think Derby are going to have to sell some of their their young talent this summer after missing out. Um, 
on promotion and getting back to the championship. He's someone that's played, I think, 18 times already for the Republic of mm. Ireland. Um, has played a lot of games for Derby at a young age. He's versatile as well. He can play centre mid, but he can play, I think he's played at fullback. I think he's played wide at times as, as well. So we know McKenna likes a versatile player and he's, he falls within that age bracket that he's someone that you could develop and improve and um, turn a profit on potentially further further down the line. So he's someone there that I put on there. He won't won't be short of championship interest though, but Ipswich should be able to compete against most second tier clubs, you would have thought, financially. Mm. Can we get Knight and Cash in on a double deal? That'd be nice, wouldn't it, Rossi? Splash some cash, get in there, just make it rain. Yeah, Five yeah. Five. That that would be that would be nice because yeah, I'm sure they're going to be another transitional period for Derby as well. You know, with Paul Warren with his first like summer of transfers, so uh, they've you know lost McGortrick already because he's gone back to Notts County, of course. Um, but yeah, there's there's a few. I've read that story. That's you know, check out everybody. It's a really good story of different players, and there's some there that I'm like, oh my god, that would be like who? Give like Ben Ben Wiles, he's, yeah. he's a he's a player that I've liked for a while. You know, you know at Rotherham, good age, um, and yeah, he, when he's played against us, he's been he's been unreal, isn't he, Stu? I've just in definitely the Portland Road games. That was when you know we could never beat Rotherham. That was just you know that's when that was a poor Warn side, of course. Yeah. So he's one that stands out for me, and he, he's proven it in the championship now with Rotherham. So yeah, he's he's the one that stands out. Yeah, I think. He'd be very high on that list of ones that I've highlighted for me. He's he is that twelve month option taken on him. Um last year I think they turned down offers from Burnley for him. So if he was good enough for Vincent Company, he'd be good enough um for Ipswich, uh, for sure. Um I think it was the first season after relegation. He's had two good games at Portman Road, but I think it was in the twenty nineteen game where him and Lindsay in midfield just just were all over Ipswich. You know, the physical he's he's not he's not a big lad, but he's he's physical. He gets stuck in and he's box to box and um got some decent obviously some decent championship experience with with Rotherham now. And um yeah, I think he he's been public in saying that it took him a while to get his head around the fact that he couldn't go to Burnley last year. They've had to, you know, they haven't been able to sort out a new contract with him. So that says to me that he might be someone that's on the move. And um, given what he's done against Ipswich, um, given the teams that have been after him before, yeah, he's, he's one that sort of jumped jumped up on the data dashboard. Uh. Watson's data dashboard. So we've had, we've got Knight, we've got Wiles. Give us one more, Stewie. Give us a three. Give us one more. Um. Why don't I give you Luca Connell at Barnsley, who I just, to me, was one of the best players in League One last season. He was sort mm. of a de- decent return of goals and assists from a deep-lying midfield role. He was um, went, went up to Celtic for quite a lot of money at a, a young age and didn't quite make it there and has, has come back down to Barnsley and was um, was very, very good for them. Um, and again, he's... Uh, you know, of, of a good age and um yeah, might be a little bit little bit different. Um I don't know if there'd be room think... for him and Lee Evans, for example, in a central midfield unit, um, in terms of being sort of a deep lying playmaker, but he'd be sort of a younger 
a younger version of Lee Evans. You know, if it was to be someone like that, you wonder whether it would put someone like Evans in in a danger zone, whether the injuries that are stacked up against him is something that would that would go against him. I don't know. But um yeah, there's there's three names on there. There's I think I've put eight on the list. So if you mm. if you want to have a look at the rest of them, go and go and check out the piece. Absolutely. And just while we're on the subject, you brought it up, Rossi. McGoldrick heading back to Notts County. What a coup that is for a side just promoted to League Two to have a guy a player of that quality who's just scored twenty five goals. I think it's his best goal yeah. tally in his career. And he's going back to, to play down at, at Notts County. It's fantastic, isn't it? And I love the quote. I think it was a quote about, I've decided to follow my heart from the Goldricks. Obviously, that's where he started his his career. So there's a lovely kind of top and tailing of that. Yeah, it's a good story for Notts County as well, because they, you know, went out of the football league for the first time ever. And that was like, wow. And, you know, getting out of that National League, you know, is, is so difficult. You can see all the big teams in there. I even Wrexham, I know they were their story and their Hollywood, you know, owners, but they've been down there for years and years and decades. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, it's great. I love that in football. You know, once again, sentiment in football sometimes mm. you know get out the window, but I do love them sort of stories because that's a, a great story there because he, I think he made like, a few appearances for Notts County before moving to Southampton and of course played against Town in the Youth Cup for Southampton and of course mm-hmm. we won happy days um but yeah it's a nice little story there so hopefully canal you know how old is he now 35 is he 35 yeah wow and yeah last well past the was... ross hall scale completely <laughs> yeah. past it but i don't know what I'm, i may have to move away from that because i thought i'm sure there'd be some players who be thinking mate come on you're, you're 26 and you're you're struggling on a five-side pitch i'm playing <laughs> week in week yeah. out so I'm a professional footballer and you're telling me to yeah. retire at 30 yeah, McGoldrick, uh, you're 35. Just retire, you donkey. Yeah, but also, <laughs> I'm also thinking about the human element because retirement, you know, in football, it's a long retirement because mm. you know, there's a, yeah, you, you don't really have a long career, really. If you know, definitely, if you have my system, if you're 30, then you don't have a long career at all. Um, but I'm trying to move away from that because yeah, as as Stu mentioned, no one mentioned like Zlatan, just just retired just now, and he's 41, whatever. So. So yeah, and it's just and uh, the football is just different nowadays, and I've got all the best sport people. So, so yeah, I'm going to try to move away from that this season. Yeah, athletes generally, I think, can yeah. can go on a lot longer than they ever used to. Clearly, sports science ever evolving. Um, Sui, let's let's return. I did something last week um, about players with a point to prove in the championship, uh, which was uh, pretty well read and got some comments going. Um, and that. Uh, we talked about midfield there, the midfield model and Lee Evans and stuff. Lee Evans was on that list. So I thought I'd just chuck the names that I, I put together out and we can maybe chat around them because um, I'm sure you've got some thoughts. So Lee Evans was on there. Don Ball was on there, obviously, in terms of their kind of injury history. Um, I, I argue that they've got points to prove at the next level. Clearly, they've played at the next level, so we know we can do that. But can they come back from injury and, and succeed? Cameron Burgess was on there. Um which I feel like I'm picking on Cameron Burgess, but I do I do, I do have concerns about him in the championship. Um, who else is on there? George Edmondson clearly um, had his, his season ended by injury um, two years in a row. Freddie Lazapo was on there. Wes Burns was on there. And Marcus Harness was on there. So any of those names stand out for you, Stewie? I mean, I guess the standout name would be Wes Burns in terms of saying he's got a point to prove, given that he's just been or is one of town's star players. But he's, it's a long time since he played in the championship um, and his game is predicated on pace and speed. Um, 
and he's stepping up into a league where the players are going to be that little bit faster, a little bit more athletic, a little bit more physical, um, which is why he's on the list. Um, what, do you, what do you make to that that seven? Have I been harsh? Have you got any concerns about any of them? No, I've read your piece and I, I it was well-reasoned on, on all of their counts. I mean, you could probably go through the whole squad and, and, and come up with reasons with points to prove. A lot of them mm. are coming playing in the championship for the first time or for the first time in a long time, as is the case with Wes Burns, who didn't quite really break through at, at Bristol City um, several years ago. Um, that's probably the most surprising name I would have thought when people read that and gone, Wes, Wes Burns, he's been one of our best players for the last mm. two seasons. But yeah, it is. I think the, the step up from League One to the championship is is a decent one, is, is one that shouldn't be underestimated. And um, yeah, for the reasons that you discussed in there, I think that's fair to say on on all counts there. Rossi, any any stand out for you? How about Freddie the Dapo? Which I put him on the list because obviously we're talking the whole narrative this summer is Town have got to find a starting striker, and he's a guy who's scored goals in the Championship before mm-hmm. for for a bad team, uh, and also he's just come off a season where he scored twenty one goals and only started twenty six games, which is a fairly remarkable uh, kind of return. Um, and yet, no one's saying he can be the man in the championship. Um, what, what do you make of him? Yeah, yeah. That, he's only had one, you know, sole season in the championship with Rotherham. Of course, they got relegated. And as you said, they, that, I wouldn't say they were a bad team. I think they just, I think Rotherham, even though that this year they stayed up, so we'll be playing them next year. Um, but Freddie, Freddie, he's such a, a great character, isn't he? Um, and I think he can. I think he can play championship football. Um, I think he's sometimes a bit too nice, though. I don't think he uses his body as much as he should. Um, but he has some like standout games last season, and like the goal against Cholton sort of proved on he is a big man, but he just turned his defender and just whacked it into the the net. And I wanted to see more of that from Freddie. Um, mm. And of course, also I think he needs to head a bit better as well because. Um, we're chatting in the Coway um, posse chat and we're talking about he didn't really score many headers. I think he scored two headers, but they weren't like bullet headers. They're more like, little, you know, poachers goals. But I want to see a nice bullet head from him. But um, he's definitely a player that's got a point to prove in the championship because he's, mm. he's won sole season. He did score nine goals, but um, I'm sure he would want to be the man because he's, you know, he's big Fred. So we shall see. Mm. Yeah, his, his, point, his point to prove is just as he was coming to form around Christmas time, it mm. was still, oh, we need to sign another striker. I don't think Freddie is... Even before he'd kicked a ball for Ipswich, there was conversations mm. we were having on this and everyone was having, I don't know if he's going to be our main striker. You know, he's, oh, he's probably a good signing, but I don't know if he's going to be our main striker. And then that conversation happened again in January. We're having it again now. Um, so he'll be... That That will be his motivation. That will be his point to prove. And... He has, you know, he scored nine goals in, did you say, Ross, in, in a in a team that was relegated from the championship? Mm. That's not a bad return. So, um, you every single one of them, and I guess all athletes, elite athletes, will always find a reason to kind of self-motivate. Mm. It's that kind of um, Michael Jordan last dance thing. You have to find something within you, whether it's a slight externally that you manage to exaggerate in your mind or whether it's a player putting competition, whether it's he's not done it at that level, they'll all have things like Connor Chaplin, for example. It's that his thing now is right. Can I be better than last season? You know, he's talking about that. Can I, 
it's a, a big ask, but you've always mm. going to want to be better. Can can it's that second season syndrome when when Wes Burns was Player of the Year, swept all the Player of the Year awards and got thirteen goals. He sat on that po- media podium with Kieran McKenna after the final game. Was it the four nil win against Charlton that finished the season? before last and the two of them were immediately talking about right it's about backing it up now it's about being better that's done it's so they'll all find little things to motivate them Connor Chaplin talking about the way Barnsley kind of let him go after they Mm. finished fifth in the championship and that will be a little motivation and a point to prove for him um all all of them Caden Jackson someone who you know the ones that were, were part of the team that got relegated in um, 2018 will now want to prove that they come back better players and better equipped and as part of a better, far better functioning side that, you know, that wasn't a fair reflection of them as second tier footballers. So hopefully they've all got a little bit of a, a point to prove and, and will be feeling that hunger going into the season. Rossi, am I being harsh on the centre-backs? Burgess is someone I keep mentioning, um, largely because of that game at Barrow. I know he's, he's improved a lot, but I've still got that kind of scarred indelibly on my mind. Um Clearly, he has to prove. I don't think he's played in the championship since 2014 um, Oof, with yeah. Fulham. So that's a long time ago. He's obviously made huge improvements under under McKenna. Um, so, um, do you, have you got the same sort of concerns around both Burgess and Edmondson? Clearly, had injury issues as well. I wouldn't say concerns. Like, I'm like, oh no, if they're you know if they're starting the first game of the season, oh god, mm. we're gonna we're gonna. Put, they're going to put, the team who we play is going to put four against us because um, I think you know Wolfenden has improved so much. Even last time he played in the championship, you know he's you know grown older and um, but yeah, I think Burgess, as we said before, he, he's transformed his game. You know, before he was that hairy ass defender that still Watson mm. loves. Um, sorry, sorry, Steve, always have to say because um, yeah, McKenna has worked with him. All the coaching staff have worked with him to improve his game. He's not that just that. Yeah, basically boot up the field, head up, win everything. He still does that, of course, but he does also play with the ball really well, and he is left sided as well. So yeah, I think I'm not too concerned now with Burgess, Emerson. I do feel for him because these injuries, you know, it's just, yeah, but both back-to-back seasons is mm. cut his season short. Um, so that's maybe one concern and he just needs to get fully up to speed once again in pre-season and see, because he has played championship football, hasn't he, George Emerson? Emerson, yeah, he played for Derby, Derby didn't he? He did indeed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he did it under we have Wade Rooney, of course. Yeah. So I'm not too concerned, but I think it is a position we need to strengthen in, of course, because, yeah, out of those three senior centre halves, they've only got a handful of championship games with mm. them. So, um, I would uh, okay. Backtrack here. I'll be concerned if they are already three options that we have going into the first few games. I want. So if you don't add position. it, if you don't add anyone, yeah, yeah, I would be a little bit concerned because they've not, you know, they've not played much championship football. So, yeah, get that get that bit of business done early, please. There's a group. There's a group of players that have probably got a point to prove in terms of showing that they are good enough and deserve to be part of this ambitious project. Um, but there's another group that whose point to prove is they're in a very big shop window now in the championship, mm. where a lot of eyes across not just English football but Europe are looking for emerging talent. You look at the England squad and how many of them have kind of made their name in in the championship prior. So people like Leif Davis, Luke Wolfenden, 
Um, others that are in Harry Clark are in that sort of age group that feel that they can really kick on and go on even beyond the championship. This, that mm. is their point to prove now that they are good enough to do that. Um, so, yeah, Ipswich uh, and Ipswich um, should be pretty fired up for this season on on all all counts and all fronts. Hopefully, it's exciting, isn't it? And what I love most about when maybe you hear the players talk, and I know obviously a lot of it is kind of cliches and stuff, but they all seem to have really bought into this this whole kind of process and getting better and marginal gains and all that kind of stuff. Right the way down from McKenna, his coaches, Morsey is obviously always talking about it, and uh, that that mindset when you've got a group of already talented athletes willing to embrace the challenge of getting better, not content to rest on their laurels is what is what they call a growth mindset, isn't it? Um, so that is, that's very exciting to have that attached to the club. Um, one more thing before we move on to mailbag, we should probably just mention by way of news, which happened down the road yesterday. Um, clearly the, the Derby returns next season um, and Stuart Webber will be leaving. He's got a, a 12 month notice period. I think he told the club at the start of the year that he was leaving. Um, but having had a chat with our colleagues across the border, and we did, I did something recently with Connor, who who is the the chief Norwich City writer for the EDP. I get the sense, boys, that they're they're worried about um, the derbies next season. Uh, obviously, Norwich, you'd say, a little bit in disarray. With they they kind of slumped to thirteenth last season. Now Weber's leaving. He's been very divisive recently. Um, questions around the boss. Um, can they keep their their best players this summer? Um, how are you feeling about this, Stewie? Because I definitely get the sense that this this is this is the season where for it, the balance is starting to kind of tilt again. Mm. I remember saying that at the start of the 2014-15 yeah, right, yeah. season as well. We talked a, <laughs> we talked a bit then about maybe the, yeah. the tides are turning, but yeah, it feels <clears throat> a lot more substance behind it this time. They've certainly whether they whether it's a, a slump or disarray, whether it's as strong as that at Norwich, but it's certainly the end of a cycle yeah. for them, isn't it? I certainly remember last summer, the narrative around them was certainly nationally was, oh, what's the point in Norwich? They'll just walk the championship again next year and come straight back down. People had just mm. decided that that was going to happen year after year. And I think I said on here, there's no guarantee they'll they'll keep getting promoted. Um, given the, you know, the funds, you're not going to keep finding a Timu Puki every few years. You're not going to keep producing Max Aarons and mm. people every every few years. And and it feels like they've come to the end of their cycle. Their their money is not big enough for the current game. It feels like they're hitting a bit of an Ipswich Town cycle and they're now going for some sort of more pragmatic type signings, free transfers, experienced players, people like Ashley Barnes and and Shane Duffy, it was it, it's certainly going to feel very different when this fixture comes before. And it was Ipswich, it was Mick McCarthy and Christoph Berra picked up on a free, and mm. um, you know, Daryl Murphy having to kind of uh, have the season of his life a little bit later in his career, all those sort of things. But Ipswich felt like the underdogs going into those those games where Norwich was spending a bit of money, and yeah, it's it's going to feel like the boots on the other foot this time around. The interesting thing as well that Connor was saying in that piece, and go back and read it if you've not read it, is um, the way the fans feel about the club. It's very similar to how town fans maybe felt under Evans. They kind of feel increasingly disconnected and kind of ignored. Um, that took a lot longer for it to get to that stage under Ipswich. And there mm. was, across the border, it was 
Norwich fans were quite ready to sort of take the piss and were kind of, do you remember there was the sarcastic applause in the, was it like the 12th minute to kind of acknowledge it, which is 12 years in the championship or whatever mm. it was, or 60, however many years it was. And that they thought that Ipswich fans had sort of turned, were, had hit the apathetic stage a bit too quickly and were, were taking the mickey out of the attendances and stuff like that. That took the best part of a decade for Ipswich to get to that point. Norwich have really had their first one, I know disastrous season finish I know they've been relegated from the Premier League but the mm. first time they've hit mid-table in the championship and had a bit of a meh nothing season for the first time in in ages and the attendances are dropping and and there's there's protests and and things like that so um yeah just just goes to show maybe they they might look back on sort of the Ipswich mood a few years ago a little bit differently now they're now they're going through a bit of it themselves. Yeah, the one line I took away from that piece, uh, which is basically me and Connor talking about um, various parts of factors going into to next season, into the summer. Connor said the f- that first derby feels crucial for Norwich and the, mo- the mood music. Um, so, yeah, keep that in mind, friends. And, of course, we'll find out a week tomorrow when, uh, when those derbies will be. And I want to jump into the mailbag now and take a first question around that. I'm going to come to you, Ross. But first of all, obviously, we have to do the. There we go. There you go, Hutchie. Obviously, you won't listen anymore. Um, Rossi, Matt wants to know, you're in control of who it's playing the first five games. So, tremendous power you've got. Mm. Um, Who do we play? We know the first game. We don't know, but they've certainly requested it to be away. And I can't see any reason why that would be denied. So... Who would you pick if you had a run of five games? Would you would you stick the, the derby in that five games? Yeah. Yeah, I would actually. Um maybe the 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 fifth, the fifth one, just so yeah. we you know we're settled in the championship and stuff, and that could be a nice because I think that would be with the fifth game, would that be in the end of August, maybe? I'm trying to think how it would it'd be a midweek game. Anyway, I'm I'm, t- I'm thinking too much into it. The f- it'll be my fifth game, the last out of the, those top the, those five. And would that be at home? Yes, home. Yeah, because I think that's always the go-to. I think it's normally we get the home game first, and then the away games in like February or March. So yeah, that'd be good. Um, I think it'd be nice to play maybe one of the relegated Premier League teams first. So away trip to Leicester, maybe. Um, so that's my my choice. Then home game against Huddersfield. No, no, two away games. Sorry, my bad. Uh, away get. Do you know what? Let's get a long journey out of the way. Let's get Middlesbrough. Plymouth, one of those. Yeah. I'm going to go for Middlesbrough. McKenna, yeah. Carrick going head-to-head. Then home game, I'm going for Huddersfield because Neil Warnock getting confirmed today. He's going to be there for one more year. That that story. And then another away trip, London away trip in the sunshine. Millwall, why not? And that little, you know, the den. And then yeah. Norwich um, at home. It's got a feeling that Friday night, August the 4th, Leicester City away. Leads away, something like that. That would be big on the sky cameras. Um, Stewie, if you if you had the power, what what, what five would you pick? Got very similar logic to Ross here. I think yeah, yeah, Norwich towards the end of that, but I think I'd take Norwich away. I think given the given everything we've discussed around Norwich and them being, let's be honest, they're nerve nervy about this game, and if yeah. they get off to a bit of a sticky start, go there, get maybe some season some. Uh, some fans running on the pitch and ripping up their season tickets, something like that. That would be good. Um, 
I think one of the teams that missed out in the playoffs early on, because they're still licking their wounds a little bit, someone like Coventry or Sunderland, um, maybe Coventry away from home is, is a little bit less of a cauldron of noise than the, the Stadium of Light, while they're still kind of um, getting themselves sorted again after losing in the playoff final. London away, I like the sound of that, but I think I might go for QPR. They're a club that look like they're in a a world of pain at the moment. I think they could they could go there and um yeah, kick them while they're while they're down early on. And yeah, yeah, one one of the I think always to face one of the teams that has just just come down um while they're still, you know, in August, they're probably still trying to sell players and bring players in and there'll be a new manager at all three of those clubs still trying to get their ideas across. So um out of those three, maybe Southampton might be the, the the one to face early on. I don't know, but yeah, I like Ross's logic. We'll find out a week tomorrow, Thursday, 22nd, 9am. <laughs> Kevin Mays, excuse me, Benson's barking. Kevin Mays wants to know, Hutch left weeks ago, no new signing announced yet. Are the Kings getting jittery about his replacement? Why is it taking so long? Can we get an exclusive when the new King will be signed and announced to the fans? Um, don't get jittery. The deal is done. Um, there's there's some, some holiday there's some holiday period needs to be taken, which is why uh, the new king has yet to be crowned, coronated. We are still in, in negotiations with Berry Cathedral as well for that big event, uh, but the new king will arrive in that first week of July. All things being equal, Kevin. Um, so watch your space for the uh, the announcement. Uh, is it like football show. that we won't we won't contracts always have to start on July the first in football? Yeah, we've exactly got a pre pre contract agreement in place, is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, it's all, it's all done. It's all done and dusted. Transfer um, three th- thrashed out. Uh, well, again, it's commercially sensitive, so I can't really talk about that. But um, yeah, we we we've we've moved, we've moved, we we've we've kind of gone to the bigger clubs, haven't we? Sue? Um, for the uh, the new king. So yeah, he'll be he'll be arriving soon. And um, watch this space. Ben Diath wants to know. Morning, Kings. Lots of TV chatter recently. Best series, shows, etc. If you're only allowed to watch one episode of any TV show again, just one, which one would it be? And he says, if you're asking, mine would be The Office. So curry favour with you, Stu. It's pathetic, Ben, you've done this. Uh, the Office training episode, series one, episode four would be his his pick. So, Stu, we know, I mean, you, last night it was beautiful to you and Hutchie back together because you start quoting The Office at each other um, for a period of that meal. Uh, if you could only watch one TV episode again, what would it be? Ben's got the correct answer. There is no room 364. Go and get the guitar. Yes, you know you know I'm the office through and through. If it, if it had to be one ever, it would be that. Rossi, how about you? And by the way, people on the curtain as well, Heathy, Stu and Andy were wearing similar outfits yeah they? that was that was also a bit weird so they um obviously have not actually seen each other for a, a little while um clearly no longer converse every minute of every day and yet they turned up rocking pretty much exactly the same outfit which i thought was kind of spooky it's 362 by the way i've let myself down oh dear you've let yourself down let yourself down badly. big time absolutely Mine uh, yeah be... we did walk in wearing basically the same clothes yeah, it was it was spooky. Just hold on, I'm gonna have to let Benson out. He's managed to get himself trapped in there. I'll, I'll let I'll let I'll, I'll let the viewers know my my answer. Yeah, you do it. 
Um, it's a tricky, tricky question though. Good, good question, Ben. Because yeah, it's, there's loads of TV shows we all love. Um, I've gone for not even it's before my time, but I love Odafors and Horses. I love it. <laughs> um, so Jolly Jolly Boys Outen is always a good episode. I always enjoy that episode. So that's probably up there. Or Heroes and Villains when they dress up as Batman and Robin. That's always that's a good one as well. That's so, a, that is an iconic shot yeah. of TV, British TV history, isn't it? That yeah. one. What's Jolly Boys Outing? What's that one? When they go, on a John, they go to Margate. Okay. Um, as, as you know, loads of things happen. A coach blows up. Spoilers. <laughs> so if you haven't watched it, uh, <laughs> sorry for the only fools and horses. <laughs> Spoilers if you're still working your way through them. <laughs> what was that like 35 years ago? I think we're safe yeah. for a spoiler now. Yeah, yeah, but you never know. You never know. I think Hutchie said he's never watched it. Although he's never. Well, like... Hutchie's not watched anything, has he? he, no, he yeah. has, we got talking about stuff last night, and it did emerge he's not seen any of the John Wick films, which is a scandal. Um, if I could only watch one single episode of TV again, it would probably be the uh, finale of Breaking Bad. I think that's yeah. as good a finale or episode of TV that there's ever been. That was perfect. And for me, Breaking Bad remains the single best TV series ever. Um, but yeah, as I said recently, Succession, if you've never seen it, that's right up there. Um, so get involved in that. And I also watched something really good on BBC iPlayer recently called Blue Lights. I don't know if any of you boys have seen that. It's like a, a cop show. Um, set in Ireland, Northern Ireland. It's very, very good indeed. So go and uh, get involved in that if you've not seen it. Uh, let's stick with the, the TV slash movie theme. Rodders, Rodney Marshall asked about Chaplin. Obviously, we talked about that. Uh, then he asks, on a different note, what's your favourite sport-themed movie? And he's, he's included a picture there of um, Kevin Costner in Field of Dreams, which is where the guy builds a, a baseball field in his basically in his, in his, in his yard. And uh, ghosts come to play baseball which um it's honestly it's better than i've made it sound um it wouldn't be my favorite sports movie uh rossi what's your favorite sports movie if you build it they will come that's the, exactly that's the quote that's it. It. That's the yeah. quote. uh there's, there's a few actually you know mean machine Vinnie jones it's really good um just mm. it's just fun and it? it's just it's a, it's a fun <laughs> film okay it's yeah. not gonna win Oscar or anything it's just a fun film have you seen um, the original with uh, with Burt Reynolds from back yeah, in the day, yeah, yeah, because I would say that's that's better. But there we go. Yeah, and of course, there's like Adam Sandler's done one as well, like Longest Yard. Once again, yeah. that's just a fun film, all right? Just a fun film. Just a um, fun film. Yeah, uh, Mike Bassett, England manager. It's pretty good. Uh, another fun film. Um, and then there's actually a film and Coach Carter, of course. Coach Carter is 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 great. Um, good soundtrack. Um, but one film I've actually only recently watched, and it's it came out like in 2016, called Bleed for This, which is a boxing um, film, um, and it's about Vinny Panzena. No, I've can't. Pazienza. That's the, that's yeah, the word. Yeah. Um, and he's got a great story, hasn't he? Because he, he I've heard that's really good. It, it's it really took good it off Netflix by the time I'd heard about it, which is a shame. But um, yeah, he had an incredible story. He was seriously injured in a car accident, wasn't he? And yeah. uh, managed to get back to to boxing. Okay, that's that's a recommendation I'll take on board. Stewie, yeah. how about yourself? Sports films can be very hit and miss. Oh god, can they? Can't they? Um Moneyball was good. Yeah. That was very faithful to the book. I read the book many years ago and AD Boothroyd was Colchester manager and I was covering them and that was his that was his Bible. So uh I read that and then uh yeah, the film came out and they, they made a decent job of uh, converting that into the film that was with brad pitt as billy bean wasn't it it's a really good book i kind of went into it thinking it was going to be really 
staty because baseball is probably the most staty of all sports but it um it was actually a, a good read my i've got two favorite sports films as you say to you there are lots of really bad ones um if you're looking for kind of a documentary style film when we were kings is brilliant um which came out years after the rumble in the jungle with some kind of archive footage really really good footage of muhammad ali and george foreman i'd highly recommend that one of the kind of the biggest sports events ever um in terms of kind of status and what it meant at the time and the other one i really like is invictus which is the story of uh, south africa winning the rugby world cup in 1995 it's got morgan freeman in as mandela and matt damon in as the uh as the um the captain of of uh, south africa francois pinar um, that's a really really good film uh, and again pretty faithful to the book the 12th man which is an excellent read um so th those would be those would be my two recommendations uh george from fran wants to know stewie what are the king's early season predictions for our finish in the championship and what's your favorite halftime food uh i like a little little bit of something sweet at halftime bit of sugar i bet you do to, i bet uh, you do <laughs> to get me going for the second half um yeah we've mentioned barry our uh, our travel companion who sometimes does the uh co-coms on radio suffolk he always brings the snacks and sometimes he brings a nice little bit of nice little bit of shortbread. Goes lovely with a cup of cup of tea or coffee at half time. You're gonna make me predict where Ipswich are finishing in the championship. I'm not making now. you mate. George is making you. That's what he's Cheers, just saying. George. We are merely just conduits to the other uh, people. Top half. That's all I'll commit to right now. Rossi, what are you gonna say? Wouldn't Lee boy. No, I'm joking. Joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh yeah, top half. I'll be happy with top half. Um so in half-time food, yeah, I always bring us some snacks. So Jaffa cake, of course. Jaffa cake. Anything you can get your hands on, I imagine, for you, Rossi. That, that as well. That as well. I've actually you did, been given... you did leave. You did leave a lot of your curry last night because you obviously you yeah. took up space in your in your belly with all the pints <laughs> that you were sinking. But I also mentioned I had a meal with my friend um, at lunchtime. I had pasta. So uh, yeah, a lot of carbs. You had pasta, pasta and chips. You had pasta and, and chips, chips, which is yeah. which is just demented. I've never heard yeah. of that before. Um, I think that's maybe yeah. I think that's maybe why I was drinking more because I was trying to get that down me, and then I can have room <laughs> for the curry. But no. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, interesting logic. Um, yeah. I'm going to say I'm going to say I'm going to say top ten town next season. Uh, Favorite halftime food. Uh, some sort of some sort of. Uh, peanutty bar vibe big into into like a like a snickers at halftime for example or like one of them kind of artisan uh posh peanut and chocolate bars them kind of things I like a like a little uh little sweet treat just like stew at halftime um <clears throat> chris o'reilly is there a definitive date and time this summer that perfectly represents the balls on the table moment for ashton is it one minute before the deadline or is it right at the start where he makes a clear statement um, I personally would probably say towards the start of the window. We know he likes to get his business done early. So I reckon that's the time when he, he uses his, his, his Manscaped weed whacker um, to make sure he's nice and trim mm. and then uh, slaps him on the boardroom table and makes it rain. It's when he, I think it's when they sign the marquee striker. That's yeah. the definitive balls on the table moment. Yeah. Thud. This player played in the Premier League last season. <laughs> we've just we've just spent X million pounds to get them. Of course, Look obviously, um, <laughs> I'm, assume, I'm assuming that as part of the recruitment process, Hutchie did get did get the uh, 
the treatment. So maybe did he have to do that? Did he put? Oh, I've committed to the sentence now. I'll go with. Did he put his balls on the table, or, or did he witness his new employer's balls on the table? Maybe it's a mutual thing. Maybe they both did yeah. it at the same time. You show me yours. I'll we show should you have mine. asked last night. We should have done. Yeah, that was another thing that we didn't get to. Um, uh, right then, a couple more. Richard Tatterton wants to know what's the best book you've recently read, and which town player do you think could put pen to paper and produce a bestseller? Who wants to take this one? Shall I kick off? Yeah. The best book I've recently read is Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain, who, um, if you don't know who he was, he's uh, he started as a chef, a proper chef, um, and wrote a book called Kitchen Confidential about his time as a chef, which is brilliantly written, really, really good, and then went on to be um, basically something of a raconteur and world traveller uh, and produced many books and TV series, Parts Unknown, all that kind of stuff. Um, always worth watching Anthony Bourdain stuff. Very, very interesting guy. Very, very interesting guy. Um, sadly, no longer with us. So that was the, that was the best book I read recently. Uh, in terms of the town player who could pen the best book, um, I think someone like Connor Chaplin. Connor Chaplin's a, like an interesting, thoughtful sort of guy. Um, interesting in a lot of things. Uh, so I'd say Connor Chaplin. If you watch on video, um, you'd have seen that Ross has just vanished. Just panicked. Just just literally left left the screen. Um, so Stu, how about you? Have you read any good books recently? <clears throat> um. I like my Michael Calvin when it comes to sports books, and I just read Whose Game Is It Anyway, which was one he sort of penned during lockdown, which was a, a bit of a love letter to football. Um, um, so, yeah, all, all the Michael Calvin books are good, and I'm currently reading a book about the history of the SAS, which is quite interesting, SAS Rogue Heroes, which was kind oh. of... Did you watch based it? around the the series that was on was it on BBC recently? Um, yeah, that was so good. Enjoying that, Paddy. Uh, what's his Paddy Main? Wasn't mm, it? Very good. The uh, the kind of iconic soldier. Um, yeah, excellent. That was that was really good. I'd be interested to see if the book matches up, Stewie. Mm. Um, normally, I'd say that books exceed films slash TV series. I guess if you read the the book first. Rossi, um, have you read any good books recently? That's one one reason why I went. And try trying to find it. That's not not because I was like going to sort of throw it up or, yeah. or you know the other way. Um, like I couldn't I couldn't remember what it was. I'm not. I've let myself down really in terms of I really need to start reading a bit more because I do actually enjoy reading. To be fair, um, but yeah, the, the only book I've recently read and it's not really a book. To be fair, it's it's basically this. So interesting is... stories for cur- cur- um, curious people. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's a big book. It's, you know, not, no pictures in it. It's just all, all words. No pictures, um, boy. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, What's one of the interesting stories in there, Rossi? Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I read it. It was like, I got it bought for a Christmas present. And, uh, and yeah, I think, that my, yeah, Sasha got, got it for me. She went, you need to start reading more. So here's this. this is a starter book for you. Um, and haven't moved on, but yeah, I'll recommend me some listeners recommend me a few books to read. I do like biographies, I you know, biographies of sportsmen or just general people. So, mm. any any of those would be good. If you're looking for recommendations, friends, obviously it's summer holiday period coming up for sports books specifically. I would recommend The Fight if you've not read it by Norman Mailer, which is, in my opinion, is the best sports book ever written around the uh, the rumble in the jungle. Actually, um, Norman Mailer wrote about sport in a way that no one has really before or since 
Um, so I'd highly recommend that. And also the 12th man I mentioned earlier, that is a brilliant sports book. Um, some really, really powerful stuff in there. Have you got any you could recommend? Oh, the other one is Provided You Don't Kiss Me, which is the uh, the guy who covered um, Nottingham Forest under Brian Clough, which is a brilliant, brilliant book, um, especially if you're interested in football and journalism. I'd recommend that. Any, any from you, Stu, just to throw out there for people? Let's have a look down here. What else have I read recently? If you haven't read this, oh. <laughs> 38 <laughs> Sleeps by he's Michael not, Bacon. He's not with us anymore, mate. We don't have to promote him anymore. Well, we can still plug. It's a very good look. It's a big old read, that. 38 Sleeps by Michael Bacon. It's a rip-roaring whodunit. A romp. Um, what's it worried? This is quite good. Story of Joe Royal's Oldham. This is how it okay. feels by Mike Keegan. That's a good read. You want another football recommendation? I should also mention at this point that Carl Fuller, our columnist, has asked us to point out that he's got a new book available called The Game Changers, which is about the promotion season. I understand from Carl it's selling incredibly well. Um, and it's got some excellent cover art from our old friend Brad at Glory Days artwork of McKenna being thrown into the air. So if that's the sort of thing that floats your boat, get in touch with Carl. I think he's he obviously he's on Twitter. Um, the fuller flavour. Get involved in that. Get a book from him. And I think he'll sign it for a small fee of £100, which seems uh, seems really good value. I think that's right, isn't it, Carl? You let me know if that's wrong. <laughs> Stu's now digging into his crates. Are you got any more? Is that... No. no, okay. Let's let's proceed. Let's take one more, one more, two more questions. Uh, this is yeah, okay. Let's finish with this one. Reese Curtis, you're going on a road trip for seven days across America, and you can bring two celebrities with you. You have to spend every minute of the trip with them. Who do you bring? Now, I've got, I've got, I've got a bit of a concern about this question. When you say every minute, Reese, does that mean when you're having private time? Uh, you know, kind of dropping off the kids as it were um because i i'll be honest i'm not up for that with anyone i don't want anyone following me to the, the carsey sitting there while i'm going about my business uh so I, I can't think of anyone i'd like to have with me in that scenario even my nearest and dearest i wouldn't i wouldn't want there celebrities though for a road trip um rossi have you got any thoughts you'd obviously take riri yeah maybe no I'm trying to go go away from that. You know, if other other questions. I'll, I'll use Riri. Yeah. Um, of course, they need to drive. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. obviously. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm now part of the joke. So I'm We're just going, I'm just on going a road to go. Trip I'm going to America. Um, can you come with me? Because I can't drive. We'll yeah. go Route 66. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Um, one person in particular. You know what? Denzel Washington, the actor. Okay. Big fan Why? of his work. He's a big fan of his movies. Movies. I think he's got great stories, and he, it just, he's got a good voice as well. Like Morgan Freeman, of course, another one. He's got a great voice. Mm. Um, but I just, it just feel he's very calm, Denzel. Or even though some of these, Denzel, sorry, not Denzel, Denzel. Um, I just feel, yeah, he just be calm and we'll just have a good time. So you got Denzel. Who else are you having? Um, you could also have just Denzel from Only Fools and Horses yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen there's going to be a full Monty series? Because he was in yeah, it, on, by the way. On Disney, yeah. I yeah. think it's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Because um, obviously the film years ago was massive, wasn't it? It was. Um, so, yeah. Hmm. Hope hope that's not terrible. So you're, you're having Denzel Washington and Denzel for Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> yeah, why not? Fair enough. Stewie, have you got any, any thoughts on this? Uh, 
if we're having a road road trip conjures up images of America and Route sixty six. Mm-hmm. So you've done road, used... you've done a road trip in America, haven't you? Yeah, you done, done a yeah. couple of little road trips. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I want somebody who knows America. Mm-hmm. What about Barack Obama? He'd be oh, good, mate, he? what Tall a shout guy. that is. Some, yeah. some incredible stories to be told there. Yeah, that is a brilliant shout. So we'll get him, him involved. I want him as well. I don't know. You can't. He's taken. <laughs> um, don't know. Who else can we get him? <clears throat> Do you know who, what would, I who would blend with Barack? On a road trip, just purely from an interest point of view, I really like Steve Batchel. You know, the guy who... Um, goes swimming with sharks and climbs up mountains and all sorts. I reckon he'd be super interesting to spend some time with. And obviously I'd imagine there's a, there's a good range of wildlife across America that he could get explained to you and, and you'd, you'd learn while you were traveling. Uh, so I'd go with Steve Batchelor and Barack Obama. I'm having Barack. Well, he, let's, he's just at, let's just get Attenborough involved then. If oh, it's gonna yeah, be, one, if we're, uh, yeah. we're going to get some sort of nature guide going. The thing is with Attenborough, you'd have to stop a lot, wouldn't you? He's like 95, so he'd probably need a toilet. The toilet again. <laughs> Come on, Dave. It's going to be 20 minutes. Christ. Um, just, yeah. No offence meant to the national treasure, David Attenborough. Um, that's a good shout, though. I think Barack Obama is is the shout, mate, on a, a road trip across America. Someone who would be extremely interesting and um, would open a lot of doors in terms of uh, places to go, things to see, um, people to meet. So, yeah. There we go then. Right then, friends, that's going to bring an end to Mailbag this week. We've just come up to an hour. Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, Rossi, I usually ask you at this point what we've got coming up interview-wise. We had Fabian Wilness on Sunday, uh, which went very well indeed. It was really good, actually. Um, and he had a little message, didn't he, for uh, for town players ahead of the derby, which I liked. Um, who's coming up this weekend and what, what else can we look forward to from the, the world of Roscoe? Pim. Good old Pim Bolkstein. Um yeah, now now a character, now a Dutch player, of course. That um, ends the the Dutch tour because yeah, they're, they're, when that goes out, that is the four players done and dusted from from the trip. So um, yeah, good shout of him. Played under Magilton Keane. Um, some good stories, good memories, and we as we said before, I filmed it. We filmed it at Sparta Rotterdam Stadium, and uh, I've just seen Morris Stein, who was once linked to town. He's now the Ajax manager. He was that Rotterdam manager. He's now moved over to Ajax. So. He was one of your mates, wasn't he, back in the day, Stewie? Maurice? Yeah, our old friend Maurice Stein, who was the, if people remember, he was the man that was leading the fans' polls as who they wanted to take over as Mick McCarthy by quite a long way. Mm. I think the fact that he was just a Dutchman appealed to people. And, um, yeah, there was sort of weird rumours swirling about uh, which no one could really kind of, including Maurice, couldn't really work out where they'd come from. But I managed to get hold of him and speak to him. And he put out a bit of a come and get me to Ipswich at the time. Um, never got as far as being spoken to or interviewed. And um, yeah, here he is. Has is he, is he been appointed now? Is he? Is that yep. official? Yeah. Who was okay. that other guy you spoke to, Stu? Was the, the head coach of a little, was it a little Caribbean country? Can you remember um... his name? He threw Gary, his hat. Gary White. His he threw his hat was, very he? boldly into the ring, didn't he? Yeah, he, that was interesting. I should look up what he's done now. He's kind of managed teams in Japan and various small, small international nations, hadn't he? Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was a strange time. The long, Trip. long search for Mick McCarthy's successor. Trip down memory lane. Right then, friends, just a reminder then to support our sponsors. Use the code carry at manscaped.com. They've extended for another three months, boys. So hopefully we'll have some new some new gear, some new gadgets on the way to us. Um, you get 20% off and free delivery on all the excellent stuff on their website there. Get your body trimmed up 
nice and neat for the summer. Uh, and also Ginger Pickle, obviously, uh, Tony Southgate and the boys there. Any help you need with your Google ads, your SEO, your uh, digital advertising, all that kind of stuff, Google rankings, Tony and his team are the guys to speak to. So Google, Ginger Pickle, get involved with them. I am actually off now for two weeks, friends. Um, so I'll leave you in the, in the capable hands of Stewie and, and Rossi. Next week, clearly, we have the fixtures. Um, then we've got a, a friendly, haven't we, the first friendly of the season. Two weeks on Saturday, unbelievably. Obviously, we have to have the kit before then. So we're heading into an exciting time and uh, hopefully uh, you can follow it all with us. Um, anything else to mention, boys? No other business. No other business. Have a good week, everybody. Yes. Uh, and also, please, we've not had a, a five-star review for a little while, other than any people praising Andy's wisdom. But he's old news now, so we don't want we don't want reviews praising Andy. He's no longer with us. Um, so if you could leave us a five-star review, that just helps lift our visibility in the iTunes charts and helps more people find us. And Ross has thought something. Sorry. Um, did Stu give you the No, dream? he did not. He did oh. not. No. He promised me he'd give me all the tequila that uh, Chappers, Ben Chaplin, wasn't it? Um, brought over for us um he was just showing it me in the in the virtual green room the incredible array ben by the way very very generous of you of things to get drunk and also burn your insides with um hot sauce wise which looked great uh but no again stewie failed to give me the the bounty that i it's, it's due to me quite frankly um but thank you ben very very generous um and good shout ross we we needed to mention that well then, friends um have a good couple of weeks i'll be back uh after my break uh hopefully to come back to news of signings and uh, new kits and all that kind of stuff. Have a great time, whatever you're doing, and we'll speak to you next time. <laughs> <laughs>